Engaging Leader, Episode 46, How to Build a Personal Brand, featuring Glenn Yopis. Does your leadership inspire trust, passion, and action? Welcome to the Engaging Leader Podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. I mean, I was a C-level executive back in my corporate years, and I've just seen too many times where people take titles and and uh, and degrees and, and things that uh, are supposed to make them feel important, and that has nothing to do, that doesn't always translate, I should say, into results. And uh, everybody needs to be an entrepreneur. People need to step up. People need to be more willing to share. I mean, there's many areas where we can be a lot better if our employers made us feel as if we had permission to do so. Welcome to the show, leaders. You've been listening to Glenn Yopis, our guest on this episode about building a personal brand. That's essential to becoming a leader worth following. It allows people to see the style of your leadership and more importantly, the quality of results they can expect from you. But how do you build a personal brand in a way that isn't simply self-promotion? To help us address that, we've invited to the show Glenn Yopis, the nationally recognized thought leader, author, and founder of the Center for Hispanic Leadership. Glenn has written for many business publications on the subject of personal branding, including the New York Times and Forbes magazine, as well as in his ebook, Why a Personal Employee Brand Will Save Your Career and Your Workplace. Welcome to the show, Glenn. Thanks. Good to be here, Jesse. Glenn, before we dig into the topic of personal branding, will you tell us the story behind the Center for Hispanic Leadership? Sure. sure. So the center was founded in 2007. The, the objective of the, of the center, which is a for-profit organization, was to unlock the opportunities for, the, for Hispanic business um, by giving Hispanic leaders within organizations a voice. I mean, I think we could all agree that with the growth of the Hispanic market in the United States, there's a lot of people scratching their heads trying to understand it. And we've uh, created a platform that uh, does it through rich content and training and consulting work that helps organizations, uh, and we particularly target Fortune 500s, really learn how to unleash the talent of their Hispanic employees as well as uncover you know, the mystery behind how to measure ROI and help their brands other business in this sector. So we're really excited about it. And prior to starting that, you came out of corporate America, right? Yes, I did. I was a senior executive at very early stages of my career. I'm so grateful that Sunkist and their beverage division gave me that opportunity. I started my career after graduating from UCLA with the Gallo Wine Company and was able to get my academy training from, from Gallo. And after Sunkist became uh, was also a senior executive for American Seafoods Company when I decided to leave the, the seafood business and I started my own uh, consumer, consumer packaged goods company uh, called Lunarosa Corporation that uh, was later licensed and became an author and have had the great pleasure of uh, writing for folks like Harvard Business Review and Forbes and Huffington Post and very uh, interested in helping uh, organizations uh, teach their leaders how to become prepared for the 21st century and 
to create sustainable growth. And I think we could all agree, Jesse, that it's growth that everyone's after. That's right. And despite being primarily a leader of people and coming out of that executive background, you have for a long time, as you said, through Forbes and Harvard Business Review, other medium, you've been making a priority to develop a personal brand. So you've seen that as an important part of leadership. Now, you have a very specific definition of what a personal brand is. Could you share that with us? Sure. It's a total experience of having a relationship with you. I mean, If I were to ask you, Jesse, or anyone that's listening to this podcast now, if you were to step back and ask yourself how others experience you, what do you think it is? I mean, are are you being experienced the way you want others to experience you, or others experience you based upon some preconceived notion that they have of you? I'm just a believer that today, in today's workforce, you're either managing your personal brand or someone else will, and I'll tell you that... Uh, most people are not managing uh, their personal brand. And, you know, I can tell you that it's, uh, it's incredibly disturbing when, when you consider that less than 15% of people have truly defined their personal brand and less than 5% are actually living it. So I believe that there's an identity crisis that's taking place in the workplace, and perhaps that's why we're not performing as well as we can be and why people want to feel happier in their in their work because they want people to know who they are. Is creating a personal brand just about self-promotion? Absolutely not. It's actually the opposite. It's about serving others. It's about having a responsibility to the audience uh, that you serve and the employees that you serve and the organization that you serve. Personal branding in many respects has become a very commoditized word. Everybody wants to build their brand, but you know, what does that really mean? I mean, what does it really mean to build your brand and, and to give yourself an identity that people can relate to? I mean, today, let's face it, the traditional workplace has been one fueled with silos, and I believe that the new workplace will be one that will be much more integrated, uh, much more of a community feel where people aren't going to be asked to engage based on job titles or job descriptions, but based on their personal brand, what they really are capable of of consistently bringing to the table. It's not going to be about hierarchy or rank. It's going to be about contribution. And I believe, Jesse, that in today's marketplace, if you're not creating opportunity in everything you do and how you do it over time, uh, you're becoming irrelevant and you're starting to enter a stage where you yourself are creating your own identity crisis. When you're creating a personal brand, so the, you, you first want to start with visualizing uh, or putting into some words what type of value you offer to others. Is that right? Well, that's exactly right. I mean, in the end, it's about what value do you represent and how much do you value yourself? I mean, I think a lot of people uh, value themselves more so based on uh, their social media presence uh, rather than what they actually bring to the table. And so valuing yourself is, is absolutely critical. And you know, valuing yourself is being able to trust yourself enough to live the brand that you represent in everything you do and how you do it. And that means not taking a break every now and then. I mean, when you manage your brand, it's something that has to be consistent and very thoughtful and very true. So the only way that you can do that is by uh, developing that brand. And um, there's actually four things that, I suggest that, that people do as they carve out and, and develop their brand. Would you like to go through that? Absolutely. What's the first one? 
Well, the first one is, you know, what is your enduring idea? I mean, what is it about you? What's that idea that people would be familiar with about you if I asked them about you? Uh, Number two is, what is your primary differentiator? What is it that clearly distinguishes you from the crowd? Number three is, what is the primary experience that you deliver to others? And then finally, who do you serve? Who's that audience uh, that you serve? And once you can answer those four questions, and I'll give you an example of that in a moment. Number one, what is your enduring idea? Two, what is your uh, primary differentiator? Three, what is the experience that you deliver when you're around other people? And who does your personal brand serve? When you can answer those questions, it really gets you closer to being able to define uh, your personal brand in a way that, that others can relate to and then begin to engage with. And you mentioned you have an example? Sure. So there was a client that we worked with, and this gentleman, his name is Mike Kay, and Mike Kay's enduring idea was collecting ideas. He was the type of person that would step back and, and understand people and just understand the way they, they think, and he would be would be one that would try to be very collaborative and you know, consolidate ideas and appreciate the ideas that people would bring to the table. So when you saw Mike in a meeting, you knew that what he was doing was trying to connect the dots. Uh, so what was his primary differentiator? It was people first. He, he felt that what the most important thing was his ability to engage with people and to understand them and to understand their value and how to best utilize them and how to best enable them in certain roles And that led to his experience, the experience that he brought with him each and every day. It was was more about partnership, the partnership of people, not prescription. In other words, don't tell them how to do things. Give them the direction and the leash, and he would be able to connect the dots for you and create those partnerships. And so what kind of environment or who were the people that he was able to serve? He felt that he can operate best within a teamwork-dependent culture. So what was Mike's brand? Well, he was what we called him a collaborative enabler, activating solutions together. So um, you could imagine Mike was one of uh, several people within the organization that had identified their brand. And so when it came down to anything with, that had to do with collaboration or partnership or teamwork building or you know ideation, Mike was one of the first people that they'd call upon, not based upon his title, but based upon his brand. Now, do you think it's important for all leaders to have a personal brand, including ones that don't really have an, an outside the organization face, if they're just an, an internal leader? Why is it important to have a personal brand? Well, this example that I just use is, is one good reason why. I mean, uh, today everyone is looking for answers. People are trying to be involved in solutions. So uh, to be part of activating solutions, you need to understand how to best activate people. And, and when you can activate them and allow them to be part of that solutions team, it just makes everybody that much more efficient. I mean, ha- not having an outward face to the marketplace doesn't prohibit you from having a brand. And that means that organizations need to take time to invest in their people enough to get to know not just their strengths. I mean, we all know about strengths, but their real identity. I mean, who they are, what they represent, you know, how they naturally and most authentically think, act, and innovate. And that can be with the CEO of the company, and it can be with an account manager. It can be with an executive assistant. I mean, everybody has a brand. Everybody has an identity. Uh, and, and what 
people will tell you in the workplace when you have these deep discussions with them is that they're tired of feeling as if they're stuck between what others want them to be rather than uh, the opportunity to be themselves. So it's, one, an opportunity to create your own future, set your own course, as opposed to just being defined by whatever job titles you've had in the past. But it's also about better serving other people because you make them more aware of what value you can actually provide to them. That's exactly right. And I mean, think about an, uh, an employee that, that wants to get discovered in their work. I mean, if, if they're consistent in how they manage their brand, if they continue to contribute, if they are part of teams that deliver results, they're the ones that are going to get noticed. It's not the one that's constantly trying to self-promote uh, to get noticed because at the end, it's about whether or not you deliver opportunity to the table. And I don't think any employer would disagree that they want people who are high performers and have the ability to, to be high performers and those that take... Their, the management of their own personal brand and activate that every day gets them closer to being high performers. Also, you know, we understand the job market's tough and people are looking for a way to, to find a new job or to be in a workplace culture that is more in alignment with their personal brand. When you live your personal brand, you can walk into another organization knowing that it's not about bringing your experiences to the table or not just only your experiences, but who you are. And so it's not about trying to fit what worked in your old company into a new company. It's just about continuing the journey about who you are and you know, bringing that to the table so that people know that you're authentic and that you feel comfortable with who you are and you're ready to contribute. Glenn, we're going to talk in a little bit about some tips for creating a personal brand, but one of the things I want to kind of get on the table right up front is social media. You mentioned social media earlier, and I think when today when people talk about personal brand, they almost assume that it's all about social media, but I've heard you advise people to be wary of how they use social media regarding personal branding. Why, why is that? Well, you know, let, let's face it. Social media is a great platform, but I always ask people, are you a supplier or a distributor of content? What does that mean? Well, when you're a supplier, you're the one that generates the original content. That's real thought leadership. But most people on social media are distributors of content. They're the ones that retweet and push out other people's original content. So if you were to ask yourself, and I'm not asking you, but I'm asking the audience, are you a supplier or a distributor? Most people would say that they're distributors, which isn't a bad thing. But to really have a brand that adds value and that, that can be respected as a leader that has a res the respect and the courage to speak their opinion, it's very important that you have a, have a balanced portfolio of being both a supplier and distributor of content. And I suggest that if you're active on social media, deliver 70% of your effort as a supplier. Because in the end of the day, everyone's looking for what that ROI is. And so whether it's an independent consultant uh, that's trying to sell their services or an employee just trying to make a difference on social media, you will start building a following and building your community based on a personal brand identity that's original. And people love originality because being original means that you trust yourself enough to be who you are and you can translate your thoughts in a more authentic way.
You know, it's interesting. I'm fairly active on Twitter and LinkedIn, and I do a lot of or a sharing of other people's content where I'm a distributor and I do some supplying of original content as well. But I, I would, I think probably 70% of what I'm doing is distributing, but I almost always don't just retweet. I, I almost always provide an opinion or some special thought about whatever it is I'm sharing. And it's interesting that often those are the ones that get retweeted or otherwise shared with others the most. More than my original content, definitely more than just a, a simple retweet. But if I express something about what somebody else has written, I think it's maybe that comes across a bit as both being generous with what other, by sharing other people's knowledge, but it, it's also being original, I think, as you say. Yep, absolutely. And that's a really good example. I mean, if you can provide original thought to other people's thinking, well, at least that shows that you engage with it. You think it's valuable enough that other people can benefit from it. People just need to be careful that, you know, when they start engaging in social media, it's not a part-time responsibility. If you're going to be a part of it, you have to be full-time. Social media is one of those platforms that can hurt you just as much as it helps you if you don't remain active. Yeah, and that's a... That is daunting to think about. I mean, I mean, do you when you say full time, you don't really mean eight hours a day, do you? No, but I mean that you have to stay. You have to. It goes back to your personal brand. I mean, when you when your personal brand is about serving others, uh, that means that you have to be mindful of the communities that you're serving. Whether you're a leader in an organization, whether you're a staff person in an organization, at the end of the day, we're serving communities. Whether it's our department whether it's multiple apartments, departments across the organization, or whether it's online. I mean, we are serving communities every single day. And so full-time means that you know, you're, you're mindful of that community and you continue to serve it. When you stop serving it, those that are loyal to you will pay attention, and if you're disengaged, then they will disengage. Glenn, you have a, an ebook available called Why a Personal Employee Brand Will Save Your Career and Your Workplace. And currently that's still available for free. However, it's about to be start being available only for a price. And you provide eight tips or action steps that people can take to build a personal brand. Will you share some of those with us? Sure. Well, first of all, it's knowing how to invest in yourself and in the right people. I've always believed that there are four types of people that you deal with both in and outside of the workplace. You deal with leaders, lifters, loafers, and leeches. <laughs> leaders, <laughs> lifters, loafers, and leeches. And when you develop your personal brand, it's incredibly important that you know who you are aligning yourself with. I mean, so many times, just because you're on top, you'll get people who are trying to leech off you or are trying... Uh, to, to either leech off you or, or, or bring you down. And so when you start this journey of managing your personal brand, it's important that you're not only investing in yourself and making sure that you have the right skills and characteristics uh, that complement and support your personal brand, but that you're investing in the right people. I've seen too many times people who've tried to launch their brands and find themselves wasting their time with people that want to bring them down. So uh, be very mindful of those people that you associate with. I mean, we did a, a recent uh, survey, my, organ, my organization did, conducted with middle managers that were seeking advancement in the workplace. And you'd be amazed that 
the, of the of the findings. I mean, their networks broke down as follows: thirty five percent loafers, thirty percent leeches, twenty percent lifters, and fifteen percent leaders. Um, so know the value of your network and make sure that your personal brand is proper alignment with the people that will help you flourish. And it's interesting when we did some deeper diving into those statistics, we found that you know, a lot of people just want to be heard and, and aren't as excited about being told what to do or receive that guidance. And so we have to be very mindful of that because at the end of the day, this helps build our, our value proposition. Uh, the other thing that we recommend, especially in the workplace, is to get to know the real hierarchy. I mean, the org chart says one thing, but we all know those people in the workplace that really get the job done, don't we, Jesse? That's right. I mean, so it's important that you know, as we develop our personal brands that you know the distinction between the formal hierarchy and the informal one. You know, as I mentioned, the formal one is defined by what's on the org chart. The, the informal one, uh, hierarchy represents those employees that actually get the work done. Uh, so make sure that you know the people that get the work done, people that um, can appreciate your brand, uh, people that you can be very transparent with, with, and those people that will eventually serve uh, as lifters uh, of your work. You know, I think another tip, and I'll leave this one because I think it's important that they can engage with the rest of the ebook, Jesse, is that it's important that you trust yourself and you trust your brand, and it's important that you you. You know yourself enough and trust yourself enough where you can begin sharing uh, the momentum that you've built with others. I mean, this is the distinction between someone who builds a personal brand for self-promotion and another one that does it for the benefit and betterment of the healthier whole, and that is being able to trust yourself. And I believe that your ability to share the harvest of the momentum that you build with others is, is extremely critical. I mean, trust is a critical success factor uh, in your career. And I've always said that the wise man forfeits his fortune when he does not trust himself. So be mindful of your ability to trust yourself because people will gravitate towards you. On the topic of of trusting yourself and trusting your brand, there's a question uh, that we have that came in from uh, Tang Tai Chuang, who joins us from Singapore, and he asks, do you have any examples of particular people that we can take reference from? Sure. I mean, I think we we know that Steve Jobs trusted his brand. He was an innovator who trusted himself to go against the grain. I mean, that's why when you think about a company like Apple, um, whom whom do they serve? Who does Apple serve? Well, Apple serves the contrarian, right? And look Mm -hmm. at now that company has become a mainstream brand. At first, it really had a very niche audience uh, based on design and based on the different features and technological advances of Apple. But now Apple's become a mainstream brand. I mean, we, we can talk about people like Jeff Bezos, who's the founder of Amazon. Now, here's an individual that left a very successful job in the financial district and recognized that there was a better way uh, to distribute books and by doing it online. And look what Amazon's become. I mean, people that trust their brand are people that are innovators. They're, they're people who are courageous enough to... Uh, to, to recognize that risk is their best friend. And more importantly, they're courageous enough to you know, push the envelope. I mean, they respect status quo, but you know, they're willing to take the risk to open the eyes of others around them to show them that there's a better way of doing things. 
So those three of the eight tips that we talked about, the first one is understand. Number one is invest in yourself and in the right people. Ah, gotcha. And number two is get to know the real hierarchy of the organization. Yep, that's correct. And number three is trust yourself and trust your brand. That's right. Glenn, do you have any final thoughts for us as we wrap up today? A lot of leaders don't lead anymore. They follow. And fundamental issue is that um, when you're you know, trying to hold on to your job, hold on to your title, hold on to your relevancy, at least the one that you're creating in your mind, you stop leading and you start following things that make you feel safe. And you know, people don't want leaders that make them feel safe. They want leaders that help them lead and get better. The ebook is called Why a Personal Employee Brand Will Save Your Career and Your Workplace. And that has much more, including all eight tips. And we'll provide a link to that in our show notes for this episode. But Glenn, how else can people learn more about you and about your work? They could go to my website at www.glenn.com. Uh, you could also learn about the Center for Hispanic Leadership at centerforhispanicleadership.com. Glenn Yopis, thank you for joining us on Engaging Leader. Thank you, Jesse. Enjoyed it. You can also follow Glenn on Twitter, where he is at Glenn Yopis. And also don't miss his articles in Forbes. And we'll provide links to a couple of his recent articles that he's published on Forbes.com in our show notes. You can find those show notes at engagingleader.com forward slash 46, as in episode 46. Don't miss our next episode when we'll talk to Elise Olding, research director from the tech research firm Gartner, about how the serious side of games can engage people. We'll explore why Elise has predicted that by 2015, 40% of global 1,000 organizations will use gamification as the primary mechanism to transform business operations. Thank you so much to Dave Heckathorn and Travis Jenkins for your recent reviews on iTunes about our Engaging Leader podcast. You know, iTunes is the number one way that people discover our show, and those reviews are critical to making that happen, and so we're so thankful for you. So far, 63 people have taken the time to provide a review on iTunes. If you would be willing to write a review, we'll direct you to the right place if you go to engagingleader.com forward slash iTunes. 